You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harm, the host for this episode. And joining me today is my friend, Mark Morris. Mark, you and I did a Master Photography Podcast back in February 2019. But since then, we've had a lot of listeners discover the show. And so why don't you take two minutes and tell the listeners a little bit about you. Thanks for having me back, Jeff. Um, I'm a wedding and portrait and performing arts photographer based out of Philadelphia, and I do most of my work here on the East Coast, uh, pretty much between New York City and North Carolina and everything in between. Uh, I'm also a lifelong teacher, and I absolutely love sharing my passion for photography and creativity with anybody that'll listen. And uh, so I, I ended up as a director of education for photography at Cardinal Camera in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And I'm a photographer in residence for the French American Piano Society, which is a uh, a, a recital promotion piano thing out of uh, out of Manhattan. And then in my spare time, I'm a confirmed photography gear nerd. <laughs> I love testing gear and checking it out, and just kind of reporting back out to my friends and and whatnot. Um, I actually started a a website, photographerscooperative.com. And we have a Facebook group under the same exact name where we talk about a lot of things, technique and just basically everything in the photography community. But gear is always a, a big part of my my chattering. Right. That is like a big how going from Pennsylvania to New York. Do you have to do that a lot? <laughs> I well, yeah, I actually well, it's not that far um, from Philly to New York is only about an hour and a half. Oh, OK. And. And I actually live 45 minutes north of Philadelphia. So it takes me about, depending on traffic and the Lincoln Tunnel, it, it, I get into Manhattan under two hours usually oh, right. and under an hour into Philly. So I, I'm just pretty conveniently located between the two. Right. Okay. That's that's really cool. How did you get involved with that kind of stuff? What? How did that, you know, you connect those things together? Well, actually, <laughs> it's, so I started out. I, I'm a band director. I'm a music teacher by, right. by my day job. And and one of my side gigs was to be a um uh I managed a youth orchestra and the contacts that I made through the youth orchestra, I ended up developing a really good friendship with a, a gentleman from France who is um interested in promoting French pianists. So and he operates out of um well, all around the world, he's he's got a a big uh, worldwide business, but but his main hub is uh, Fifth Avenue in New York, and so I ended up just kind of stumbling into being their photographer for a couple of events, and after about I guess two or three years of shooting their recitals, he invited me to be the photographer in residence, and I've shot all their performances since then, and I it's been great. I actually ended up doing some uh, commercial work for Steinway as a kind of an outshoot of that and uh it's been it's been really really it's kind of one of those things where you kind of hope all of the good vibes that go out into uh working with whatnot will pan out into a, a good business opportunity and this is a perfect example of it working out that way yeah it's like our our friend brian mcguckin says uh here in the master of photography it's it's the relationships that's how you 
that's how you grow these things up and you just you oh, do a man. good job with your clients and it leads to good things. So that's yeah. exactly it's it. And, cool. and it's just, and yeah, it's so much more about just the, the interconnectivity and, and I think most creatives really enjoy the process of creating and sharing out their work. Um, and I, I really kind of get, I, I guess a little annoyed sometimes when you see the, the business side of it, never shoot for free, never do anything for anybody, <laughs> have an attitude, put a chip on your shoulder, be miserable. It's like, eh, that's not necessarily the best pathway to making friends and, and opening doors. So, um, yeah. you know, just a matter of having a smile on your face and doing a great job and working hard and things just kind of fall into place. Very good. Well, let's get to our topic then, now that people know a little bit about you. Um, we talked about tripods back in February, and we're not we're gonna try not to rehash much of that episode. There's a you know about an hour long episode where we talked about best value tripods. And that was back in February. And I asked Mark to come back on the show because we mentioned briefly in that episode an upcoming company that didn't quite have their stuff out yet so that we could really speak to it in that episode. They It was mostly just specs and ideas, and uh, they had a Kickstarter going on at the time. And uh, now they have. Now, here we are in September, and the Kickstarter, I believe, is, is it almost complete, Mark? Is that where they're at? They have uh, finished fulfilling all of the Kickstarter orders on the um, on the carbon fiber tripod They're, they have a titanium option like a big dollar option i think they're still working through that um but all of their their regular stuff the carbon fiber stuff is i think all now delivered and in, in the customer's hands so it's a good success story of a kickstarter campaign that worked <laughs> people got their products yeah right and they got them pretty quick it wasn't it wasn't like a, a massive uh, multi-year waiting effort right is didn't it go really fast yeah, yeah, I think it went through really quickly. Um, I have a little bit of a skewed perception because I was actually um, one of the, they have 20 pros that uh, worked with them through designing and whatnot. So I've had a prototype, actually several different prototypes, one after the other after the other in, uh, in my hands for pretty much the whole, the whole time the Kickstarter was going. So for me, it felt really fast. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't so- think it... So the name of the company is Colorado Tripod and the brand new manufacturer. They, they build these tripods, engineer, design them, build them in Denver, Colorado, right? Is is that how it works, Mark? Well, they're designed. I think, um, I think there, there's a lot of Chinese manufacturing going on. I I think, um, I, I know that Graham has been over in, uh, China working on the, some of the work over there. So, but it's designed and built, uh, and I think assembled in Colorado. And I think we should mention that the reason Mark knows so much about this or has been so involved, he's done one of the most exhaustive testing of tripod legs and ball heads of anything I've ever seen. Why don't you describe <laughs> I, We did on the previous episode, but just for new listeners, describe kind of how, what that was, why it is that you're, you're, you know so much about these things, why Colorado was so interested in, in having you be involved. Yeah, years ago, I I was a writer for Improved Photography and and the uh, on the website, and my, I think it was my very first really big project was a big comparison review of tripod legs and ball heads under five hundred dollars, and I reached out to just everyone that had anything, even a couple of that were slightly over that that 
threshold and, and just got a huge response. And I ended up with, um, basically any tripod name that you would recognize had sent their stuff out to be included. Um, and so when Colorado was doing their market research and they're working through their, their whole process, they got in touch with me and said, Hey, you've obviously looked at a lot of these things. Would you be willing to, to try our stuff and give us your honest feedback? And, uh, and I was like, of course. So, um, and from, from day one, basically they, they, one of the coolest things about how they operated was they reached out to several different people, um, just, just like me and, and basically just put stuff in our hands and got feedback left and right. Um, I think I might've shared on the previous, uh, episode. One of the coolest things was they did a little mock-up of all the knob shapes that they were going to use. And you could like clip on these like plastic fake knobs just so that you could see how they would ergonomically fit in your hand and, right. and how it would feel. Um, and, and then just basically it was a pretty democratic, uh, process from that. You know, everybody got to vote on which, which thing they liked best and how the shapes felt and they're, they are just incredibly open to, uh, advice and suggestions and research. Perfect. So that's, that's a pretty cool experience. And, uh, what it's, what's resulted is we can talk now uh, in this episode about the products. They are fulfilled their Kickstarter orders. Like, we mentioned and uh, and they they sent one out to me too so that I could take it out for a spin and kind of review how I think about it um, and so we wanted to go over that today we wanted to, to add that information about kind of the finalized product from Colorado tripod on really good value leg and ball head combination and uh, talk about whether or not that's gonna like unseat my current recommendation which is the Siru ball head and I didn't really have a solid recommendation on the legs, but it, it, something in the Benro line was would probably be where I was. I would have uh, suggested people, hobbyists, go at, to get kind of their first good set of legs and ball head. Not not the the kind that might be like the ultimate version, but a good balance between price and performance, functionality. Something that's going to be way better than those really junky kit tripods that come may come with a camera uh or like the amazon basic tripod something in that line that the under 50 dollar kind of kind of tripod leg and, and head uh yeah that's those are not worth having those those things break <laughs> very quickly and Maybe. and are not good to have um so so you know a hobbyist looking to, to invest a little bit but they don't want to go thousands on this they, they want to keep it in a smaller range uh, but still have enough quality and functionality to do it. So I, I had my recommendations. You can go listen to that old episode back in February to to see what our thoughts were then. And now we want to refresh it. Now that there's this new player, a new way, a new uh, manufacturer that has another option, I wanted to go through it because they are a a really good value option. And uh, it always gets me excited whenever I see competition that's driving more value for less price. That's always good for all of us. <laughs> it's, a, Absolutely. it's a really good thing. It's it's actually really fascinating to see just in the few years since I did that initial tripod article and now um, what some of the new new players in the marketplace have done. And and you're you're right. The competition has really brought some prices down. Um, some companies that used to be pretty pricey have have even come down into the uh, much more affordable range. Yeah, and it's, which is only good for all of us. That's great. That's yep. that's what we need. That's what uh, free market competition is for. <laughs> it's great. It's exactly. good to see it working. 
Um, all right, so let's talk talk about the, these new offerings. Sorry, let's talk about these new offerings. Um, we're going to start with the legs. I want to start with those first. Um, that Colorado calls them the the Centennial Tripod Two Series legs are the ones we're going to talk about. They have another offering. It's more expensive, a uh, little taller and stuff. But we're going to talk about the 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 entry level offering, the one that I tested out and I'm going to go through some specs. And then I have a comparison to a couple of other brands that should be pretty close in competition in various ways, either in um, functionality, style, specs, whatever, or, or price. And uh, there's of course, multiple competitors we could try to drag in, but these are, these are pretty good options that are kind of near <laughs> what this offering is. Uh, as best as as we could think of. So let's start off with the specs of the Colorado Tripod legs. These are, again, the Centennial Tripod 2 series legs. And um, they are carbon fiber. Now, so they they say it's 10x carbon fiber. Um, Tell me, Mark, I I think we talked a little bit on the show there, but for someone who maybe this is the first time they're listening, what does 10x carbon fiber mean? Yeah, so carbon fiber is not all identical. You can get eight time carbon fiber, 10 ply. I would imagine that the odd numbers are, are available, although I'm not a materials expert. So that I'm, but usually you see either six times, uh, eight times or 10 times. And that's the number of layers of carbon fiber, um, in the, in the manufacturing. Um, I know with carbon fiber and, and again, I'm, I can't claim to be an expert, but the, the weave of the carbon fiber and the number of layers in uh all come together to create the the structural stability of it and one of the big things that tripod manufacturers are working on is isolating vibration so if you're shooting next to well don't go on the train tracks sharky james would give you a a tongue lashing if you were on the train right but 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 if you're shooting next to train tracks and and a train goes by or you know big truck drives by or whatnot how long does it take the tripod to get rid of the vibration that is in the metal or or carbon or whatever your structure is that makes your tripod itself and and one of the things that carbon fiber is very very good at is eliminating that um that vibration very quickly so um I think that's kind of the the thought behind why so many tripods have gone to carbon fiber. It used to be basically aluminum, um, and and just because it's lighter and it's also very very stable and gets rid of tri- uh, uh, sorry gets rid of uh, vibrations, vibrations yeah. very quickly. That okay. it uh, does a, you know makes a big difference. So 10x is going to be is supposed to be a little bit stronger than. And 8x or eight times, yep. how are you going to say it, or six times carbon fiber layers, right? Yeah. And I think with carbon fiber, a lot of the times you're going to see um, huge load-bearing capacities. I mean, these things will will hold a, a ton of, of weight um, because it's a very sturdy material. Um, and really, it's the vibration dampening quality to it that I think is a, a, a huge engineering part of why it's better to go with uh, a beefier type of carbon fiber. Sure. Okay, so so it's a 10x carbon fiber. Next spec is a 50 inch max height when you don't have a center column. So um, this is a big difference between some less expensive options and even what we're talking about now, because they really only get to the heights they have with a center column that most of the time can't even be removed. 
And then that also limits how low they can get. So those those are two factors on any tripod legs that are going to be important for your needs. You need to understand or think through what your needs are for tripod legs and make sure it goes both high enough and low enough that you can put the tripod uh, low to the ground if you want that kind of a perspective. Landscape photographers often want to be able to get that camera really low to the ground, just a few inches off the ground. And if that center column is not removable, then sometimes you're limited to like a couple feet is the the lowest you can go on the tripod. With this one, with the Centennial Tripod 2 Series legs from Colorado Tripod, 50-inch max height without the center column. And uh, it came in the box that way, by the way. So it came without the center column being in there. I appreciate it. I, I liked not having to take it out because I, I wanted to test it without it. And then a 62-inch max height with the center column. So it can get up there. Um, we're going to talk about the other competitors and how that compares with, with some of the other offerings. The minimum height is a tiny little 3.3 inches off the ground. And yeah. that was awesome. I loved being able to have it go that, that low to the ground as I was using it and tested it. I'll tell you what I did to test this. In, in a moment after we go through some of the specs here. It had it's 20.5 inches when it's collapsed, which is pretty small. You'll you'll see that as we compare it with some of the others. Load capacity is 2.9 pounds without the center column and 3.3 pounds with the center uh, column. Well that's it's not the load capacity. That's the the weight. Oh that's of the weight the of the tripod. I'm sorry. You're yeah. uh, thank you Mark for for correcting. What is the load capacity? More than my camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to change sure. it in the show notes as we're speaking because yeah. I labeled it wrong. Yeah, so a tiny little 2.9 pounds that the tripod itself weighs. And then uh, 2.9 pounds. Yeah, do you have... I don't have that right in front of me, the specs. I don't for, either. I'm on their website, but I don't see the... You don't see the the load capacity. I don't see load capacity as a listed spec. Yeah, it just has their weight. Okay, well, we'll have to see if we can find it for the show notes. It's a ton. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be more than your camera. <laughs> Way more than your camera is. Um, all right, so so there's that. Then um, there there it's a twist lock style for when you collapse it and keep the legs or when you expand it to keep the legs where you put them, the height that you put them at. It uses a twist lock. So it's like a, a little ring that goes around the legs. And then you, you just twist the lock either one of the directions to either tighten or loosen uh, versus the other style is called a it's it's a flip lock. And that's probably what. Uh, beginners or, or new people, people new to tripods will know because that's what the very inexpensive version, all of them use really a flip lock. Um, and there's a, an advantage to twist lock um, that, I, that I've been able to, to see, and that is cleaning the legs. The legs are the thing that get the most dirty usually. I mean, you can, abs- sure, you can get the head uh, and, and the upper part of the tripod dirty too, but um, the legs are what's you know touching the ground. They're in the sand. They're in the ocean. They're in the water. They're they're the things that can get muddy and dirty most, really the fastest. And so uh, with twist lock, the ability to just kind of twist them off. If you just keep twisting, you to unlock, you twist, and then you just keep going in that same direction. 
And then the the twist lock just kind of comes off and the legs can separate the segments of the tripod separate. And it makes it so that e- cleaning, you can do it without a tool. You can, uh, the legs, yep. and uh, and clean them off. So so that's really, really nice, really fast to be able to do it. When it's flip lock, you usually have to have, I have at least I've never seen a design where you couldn't, you didn't have to have a tool. You have to right. use some sort of a tool to loosen the flip lock enough to come off so that you can pull the segments apart. Uh, if it's even possible. So a lot of the the really inexpensive versions, they're not even designed for that to work. They don't, the flip lock yeah, doesn't come off. They're and, basically uh, designed to be replaced as soon as it, yeah, it's, it's kind of designed as a disposable item. Yeah, right. So um, the tripods that we're talking about um, today, the tripod legs, well, two of them are our twist lock. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of the offering. Um, Let's compare it to spec wise, the closest comparison. Oh, I I didn't mention the price. It's $299 for those legs. Um, So so just to give you an idea, let's go through some competitors. I chose one that is a really, really good manufacturer too, but, uh, but quite a bit more expensive. But it has similar specs. So let's let's talk about that one. That's the CP thirty L four two legs from FLM. And I'll um, jump in actually if I can real quick. This is also um, uh, this is their brand new model that wasn't out when we did our last recording either. Um, and this is actually they're in a pre order phase right now. Uh, they haven't. They're not doing a Kickstarter, but they're basically doing a pre order. Uh, sale. And so the initial price is, is actually dropped and then it'll go up to its regular price. Um, and, and they're not quite on the market yet. We looked at a prototype, uh, but they'll be out in the market very, very, very soon. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I was able to get my hands on prototype version of a, a bigger set of legs than these, but, uh, but this is the version that is closest in specs to the, the Colorado tripod Centennial tripod two series legs. Again, it's the FLM. The, the model numbers aren't like the easiest to say CP 30 L four two legs. It does make sense though. The, does. Uh, the, the, the 30 is basically the 30 millimeter diameter of the, uh, the largest right. tube for the leg. Right. And what is L four? It's four, four sections, it's right? Four, four section. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Four section. Leg. And then two is because it's the second iteration, the next version. Series two. Yep. And I've actually for years shot the CP30 L3. I use a three section, three leg, uh, three section leg version of that, that exact tripod. That's been my main tripod for since I did that original article. Very good. Okay. Um, so let's, let's go through how the specs compare. Uh, 10X carbon fiber, just like the Colorado tripod uh, legs, uh, max height, it's 68 inches and it doesn't have a center column need there. It's just 68 inches. So it's about six, it can go six inches higher than the Colorado tripod centennial tripod two legs, uh, which can be an advantage that that can be an important aspect, but we'll talk. Well, let's talk about it now. What do you think, Mm -hmm. Mark, how important is it that this goes six inches higher than these the colorado tripod for the the well, flm lanes go six inches higher the thing uh, there's a couple of things that i absolutely love about height on a tripod one is you you're not all three legs are necessarily going to be out to the same length right if you're on the side hill um 
when you can get a leg substantially longer, you can even out a much steeper hill, you can do a lot of things. So there's, there's just a lot of places where that extra height is a really big benefit. Um, so, I mean, somebody here's 68 inches, that's, I guess, what, five feet, eight inches tall, right? Um, you know, if somebody's five, three, and they're like, well, this goes taller than my head, I don't need it. Um, that may not be true because if you're compensating for a hill or, or if you're up on a step and you're trying to figure something out, um, you might like it. Sure. The other thing that I love about, uh, the, the FLM is that it's actually 68 inches without a center column. The actual tripod is 68 inches height. Um, you're going to get a lot more stability and and solid platform for your camera if the legs go, I, I think, just as a triangle all the way up to the top versus when you're using a center column and your your legs are going to 50 inches and then you have a 12-inch center column, the center of gravity is going to be much different on that kind of a setup. So I would... I. I my gut instinct is that a lot of really serious um, landscape photographers and a lot of like maybe people beyond the hobbyist range might be a little bit more inclined to that 68 inches. I think that could be a pretty big deal. Right. Um, and, 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 and even though I said six inches higher, um, that's because I compared it with the center column and that like the, the aspect you just talked about, with the legs being able to be out further and reach things. If you needed to, to have like to the only place to, to mount the tripod was between rocks and you got to reach between those rocks. Um, you're only actually going to get 50 inches of height to deal with on that, with the Colorado tripod legs compared to with the FLM, you have that full 68 inches and that that's a lot more meaningful. That's 18 more inches of uh, length to be able to reach places that you might be as you're trying to set up and, and create a solid base to put your camera on. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a very, very notable difference. Yeah. I that's think. a big difference. Yep. Okay. Minimum height is 3.74 inches. So that's kind of one of the compromises you have to make getting that reach on the max height means the min height is, it's a 0.3 inches higher which is not that much, <laughs> but no, but no, it is a little bit inch. higher. You can't quite get it as close to the ground as you could with the Colorado tripod legs. Yep. Uh, okay. Collapsed length is 23.22 inches. So another kind of sacrifice you, you have to give up is the, the collapsed length is about three inches bigger than, uh, than the Colorado tripod legs. They'll, they'll collapse down a little bit smaller. Uh, the weight is 3.3 pounds. So they're, they're pretty equivalent there. That's kind of amazing and a testament to how carbon fiber yeah. works. You, you have yep. 18 more inches of length that you can achieve with these legs, and yet they weigh about the same um, with as the Colorado legs that are shorter, even with the center column. Yeah, yeah. If you have the center column in, um, their, their weight is actually 3.3 pounds on the Colorado tripod legs and so it's exactly the same weight uh across the two tripods yeah pretty amazing yep uh also has twist lock and again i think that's a big advantage i i've had legs that were flip lock for a long long time now i haven't abused them like a lot of other people uh, a lot of landscape photographers do they're they're out there in the ocean in the sand and 
and stuff very frequently and, and cleaning them then becomes a big deal because that grit can get in there, either the salt or the sand and cause problems like making it really hard to open the legs up. You can really kind of stop them. And, and um, so the twist lock is, is a big advantage. I really think that's, that's a big deal. Um, okay. Yeah. And also if, and when you're cleaning the, there's a little shim inside the twist lock and this is kind of a tangent, but, but not really. Um, when you're, when you're cleaning your legs, if you inside the, the twist lock, if you've taken it all the way off, there's usually a little shim that you can remove out of there. Um, Uh-oh. and if you get that out of there and work. just use your, your spray water or air or whatever you're using, oh. I, I shoot at the ocean a lot. So I get sand in everything. Um, and that can really be helpful to just get in there and, and get that dug out. Okay. So hold on. Repeat that for a second. I lost you on Skype. Go back to just what you were saying about cleaning that there's something inside the, yep. the legs there that helps. Yeah, so in, inside of a twist lock, there is a little shim. Almost always, um, it can be removable. Um, and it can really be helpful when you're cleaning your legs to take that shim. And, and usually there's like a one side of that little shim has a little split in it. You can kind of just pinch it and pull it out. And then you can get in there with some canned air or or even with just, you know, I, I'll drop them in the sink and wash them out and then just dry it off really good. Um, and then put that shim in. Sand loves to hang out in there like like really crazy. So it's very helpful to get in there and get that little shim inside the twist lock out. Right. Yep. I don't have uh, ocean water or sand <laughs> here in Utah. Lucky. But I'm, I'm putting it in. So I haven't had <laughs> And to you have much. Utah scenery. So I will be jealous on all fronts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, and then the price. The price. So this is the the kind of the <laughs> the difference here. We've talked about there are definitely several advantages FLM has over the Colorado tripod legs. Uh, price is not one of them. The the FLM legs are four hundred and forty five dollars, so it's almost one hundred and fifty bucks more than the Colorado tripod legs. Uh, although <laughs> there is an introductory price, as you're hearing yeah. this, though, because the FLM legs are not yet released, there is a pre-order price available because uh, it's down to three sixty-five. So it's not—it's a sixty-six dollar difference right now as we're speaking, and that's through September. Is that right, Mark? Uh, they had, originally on their website they had an end date, and now their uh, their website says uh, extended until further notice. Oh, so, okay. But I would. So maybe they're feeling to, a little pressure and need to <laughs> bring the price yeah, down. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure these guys are all looking at each sure, other sure. in terms of market research, and they see who's coming to you know coming to market with what. I do know the last time when I bought my FLM legs, uh, the version one, they were a lot more money. Uh-huh. Um, they were, it was a, a much, much pricier. I got a very nice discount off of what they were charging at the time. Um, and, and I paid a heck of a lot more than this on, on my version one. So their, their price has come down dramatically. And with only a $66 difference between the two, I would have, um, I'd have a hard time resisting jumping over to the FLM legs because for $66, getting that extra 18 inches of height. Um, and without the center column, uh, that's, that's kind of where I would be, but without that introductory price at $150 difference in price, I'd, I just have to mull that one over. That's a, that's a beast of a decision you need to make. Right. Okay. And it, I actually have on my YouTube channel, I'm just getting it started. So I don't have a ton of stuff out there. So 
but I'll mention it briefly here. Um, I'm doing some video where I, I kind of show these legs and I don't have my Colorado tripod video up just yet because I just barely got a hold of them and, and went out testing with them out on a hike that I'll talk about in a second. But uh, that will be coming soon. And so if you want to, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you want to check it out, you can see me <clears throat> kind of walk through these these legs a little bit. I have the FLM and soon the Colorado tripod video will be up there too. Um, all right, let's go to our third competitor here. This is uh, a kind of the the other option that we've talked about a bunch, and um, it would be, it's slightly less expensive than any of the three, and that's from Benro. That Benro has some makes some pretty decent value kind of tripod legs and heads, and um, and that's why they're they're here in the mix because they've been a value competitor. I mentioned that at the top of the show that they're a pretty good um, feature to and performance to the price kind of option that's been around for a while. And now these others are are kind of coming about and, and making some compelling offerings too. So uh, the competitor that's closest in price, not necessarily features, but we'll go through it, is the Benro um, TAD27C Adventure Legs. I think that they're kind of called the Benro 2, Benro Adventure Series 2 legs on some some of the sites, but that's the specific name, the Benro TAD27C, and all this will be in the show notes. You, have to, you don't have to remember any of this. Uh, the specs, 8X carbon fiber, so not probably not quite as sturdy uh, as the, the others that, that were 10X. Max height is 63.8 inches, so kind of right in between. The FLM has the, the most reach with the legs, Colorado tripod the least, and this one's kind of a little bit just in between with them. Uh, the men height is really bad 15.16 inches so that like i said this is one of those where you, you just can't get it down there because the the center column i well i assume i didn't actually look is there a center column involved with this one yeah yep yeah okay so um so that's a downside it's a big downside i have owned a, a set of legs for for many years now that has the center column and you can't remove it it's just not built to have it removed and that means that's that's there fixed in the tripod. You can't get it any lower than the length of that center column. And so 15 inches up off the ground is the lowest you can go. That's that's kind of a, a real negative to these legs. The collapsed length, it's the biggest of the three at 24.2 inches. The weight is uh, you know, slightly less at 3.04 pounds. It is a flip lock. Do you know, Mark? Can you actually like loosen the flip locks to get in there and, and clean the legs you know what this is actually um i'll back up half a step i don't know the answer to your question okay <laughs> but the um um this was actually kind of one of my winners when i did that initial article um and and the tad 27c along with one of the benro ball heads um i did what they called what i called a tripod road show i actually went all around showing all of these tripods from the article before I returned them or sold them, depending on whether they were given to me or loaned. And I would say probably 10, 12 different people ended up buying this set of legs um, from that, that roadshow based on the price point and, and the features. Right. They, they were incredibly popular. I would say my, my, the, one of the things that people loved was the flip lock, some people hate twist locks yep. and some people hate flip locks. Um, honestly, I think as long as you're getting a good quality tripod, either one can be just fine. It's a personal preference thing. Um, 
but the people that like flip locks tend to love them. Um, and so that was a, a big part of it. I think the other thing, um, at the time, I don't think anybody else was really, um, hitting this type of price point. There was cheaper stuff, like you've mentioned, the, the, you know, $75, $50 stuff that, that, that really isn't very good at all. And then there's the really good stuff where you're talking 800 or a thousand dollars for a, a set of legs, but there was kind of a, a gap in the middle where there wasn't a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's where the folks from Colorado and from FLM both are just like, they, they focused on that, like a laser beam. Um, and I have a feeling if we kind of rewound time and I went and did that tripod roadshow showing the Colorado legs, the FLM legs and these, uh, the TAD 27 C that there wouldn't have been nearly as many people jumping at the, the Benro, um, just, just because of, you know, like you had said, they're, they're, it's eight time carbon fiber instead of 10. And at the time, eight time was great because a lot of people were using six. Uh -huh. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think that basically innovation and competition has really kind of surpassed these. Um, right. And, and, and I really, um, I think we as photographers and as consumers have really benefited from that. Um, the other little thing that I'll, my own personal bias or, or, um, passion is that both Colorado tripod and FLM are kind of just very, very, very small companies. One or two people really working hard to make a product and bring it to market and, and do great things. Um, Benro is part of a huge conglomerate, a very large corporate entity. Um, and so when I'm getting ready to spend my $300 or $250 on something, if all things are equal and I'm getting the same quality product, I like to support the little guy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and Benro is not a little guy. Benro is, um, part of what they call the Mac group, which is, uh, me photo Benro and Enduro tripods, uh, plus Shimoda bags and Tenba, I think. And, and, and I mean, it, the list goes on and on when you start to really delve into it. Uh, Nova flex tripods are them. Um, you end up going into like a 50 different brands of camera accessory gear that are all basically the same company. Right. Um, and so I, I, I tend to be pretty passionate. I mean, I, I can say Colorado tripod, you know, Richard and Graham are over there like busting their tail to make a good product. And you go over to FLM and for FLM North America, it's Ari and he is on his own. Um, and I love that. That, that really just kind of speaks to my entrepreneurial heart. Right. Yeah. Making it like a, a very compelling product and, and bringing it to market at the most competitive price they can. It's all part of the American dream, right? <laughs> to to yep. do all of that and have it be successful and and be able to uh, to make money from it is that's it's awesome. So I agree. It's it's really fun to be able to say to think that you're supporting a small business, uh, maybe not small business, but a a, a smaller sized business. Right. Yeah, than, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, no, it's all relative. Business. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're, they're they're probably all bigger businesses. Not than Mark not C. the size of photography, photography <laughs> businesses. Probably probably a lot bigger <laughs> yeah. than that. But exactly. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the price—that's what we didn't get to yet on the Benro, and that is—it's a—it's two hundred and fifty-six dollars. So you can get about mm -hmm. fifty dollars less than the Colorado tripod um, for some pretty 
big negatives on the functionality of those legs. So yeah, you're going to have to make a decision. Um, $256 for the Benro is not a bad investment by any stretch. That's a, it's a, it's a good investment that people are, are going to be really happy with. Like you said, there was lots of people in your roadshow that really were impressed when they saw these legs, especially for the cost at the time. And uh, so it's, it's not a bad option at all. You certainly are not making a wrong choice. Just the, the one thing to be totally make sure you're aware of is that men height. That can be a massive downside. If you want to be able to get your camera closer to the ground, then that min height's just not going to work for you. And that's that's going to be a really good reason to pay the 50 extra dollars to get up to the Colorado tripod legs. And then if you really want to to have, you know, that $66 difference with the pre-order price anyway, we'll see how long that lasts on the FLM legs. I know it's, it's you know, we're already saying, okay, $50 more to get to the Colorado. And then, yeah, now you need to spend $66 more to get to the FLM. But, and, and you're going to have to make that choice. That's not quite as clear um, on, on the difference there. They're, bo- they're both really good options, really solid options. Uh, as I went out and tested, I was super impressed with the, the Colorado Tripod Centennial Tripod 2 Series legs. Kind of a tongue twister because the name of the company yeah. has Tripod in there. It's a, it's a little Yeah, that's a lot of tripods. Yeah. Colorado tripods. <laughs> All right, let's, tripod. let's move quickly now because we've already spent a lot of time talking about the legs. Let's try to go through the head a little bit faster here. Um, sure. I want to talk about that too. The Colorado tripod has a head and I am actually even more impressed with their head than I am with the legs. Legs, like we we talked about really kind of the most the, the important factors there. There's not that much with the legs to really talk through. The heads, there's more. There's more kind yep. of di- ways you can distinguish your ball head from from competition, and um, and so so it is kind of a. <laughs> it's hard because I'm trying to say let's talk through it faster. Uh, yet there's more that you could talk about. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to try see if we need to split this into two shows. But let's 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 talk through it. Well, if it if I need to split it into two shows, I'll kind of work that magic in post here but um okay colorado tripod aluminum highline ball head is what we're going to talk about with the offering from colorado tripod they do have a second option is their titanium option right mark is that what it is yep yep they have a well they actually have a couple of different options um they have a different uh format of of ball head entirely um Oh, it's the Aspen. The, the Aspen ball head. Yeah. And I actually have one of those on hand too. It's really cool, but it's, uh, it's not out uh, yet for, for everybody to get, but it's really cool. Um, the Highline ball head is, um, they're less expensive. It's kind of a more traditional shape style. It looks, um, anybody that's seen like a, a Benro ball head or a Suray or any of the other kind of just standard kind of chunky ball heads, it, it, is very much right in that uh, that style, right, right. So, um, all right, let's go. Let's go through some of the point bullet point features or stats about them, and I'm going to again compare it to two others. Um, this time, I think I do have load capacity right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have load capacity correct in the show notes before, um, and they it, they really don't uh, talk about the load capacity with the legs quite as much because they all can hold a lot of weight. Even yep. aluminum tripods, they can hold a lot of weight. So that's not nearly as big a factor as the ball heads and how much weight they can hold 
and still have that the have it be totally locked down and not moving when you do it. Yeah, that's exactly it. The, and how how much can you hold without dealing with the problem of drift? Drift, yes. Um, Which is yeah. a massive problem. I the first ball head I started out with, um, and I go through this in my YouTube video, kind of demonstrate uh, what the problem is. Uh, drift, I could not like even with the smallest lens and lightest camera that I have. Drift was just kind of part of the head, and it was not a good, a, a, a really nice ball head. It came with the legs. It was not separate uh, cost, and and definitely was on the the such an inexpensive, and it wasn't high quality to do it, and and it became an issue. I'm not, I don't do landscape exclusively. I kind of shoot like everything, and so I I wasn't looking as a hobbyist into some. You know, I wasn't going to spend thousands on legs and, and leg and head combinations. So I, I bought something not really knowing what I, what to get. It was before Mark did his roadshow and, and went through evaluating everything. And um, and I quickly came to realize, like, even for the, the limited time that I'm using this, because I don't do that ton of landscape, but I, enough that I need it, um, it wasn't going to work. It just absolutely yep. didn't work. And I, I recognized, okay, I, the legs are fine. There's nothing special about them, but they were fine. They, they're sturdy enough, but the head is not working, and I had to replace the head. Uh, and that's when I went with I, I pronounced it Siru, but I think you're right. Isn't it pronounced something another way? Yeah, it's Sure. Sure. Yep. I've got to fix that. <laughs> I've called it Siru forever. I mean, it, it, it looks. I mean, it looks like Siru. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Chinese name, I think. Yeah. But. When I met the um, when I met the rep, when I was getting ready to do my initial one, I was like, first question out of the box. How do you say it? Yeah, <laughs> and he said it's just like the name Sue and the name Ray. Okay, Sue Ray. So just, oh gosh. Yep. Yes, I mean I um, I say it totally wrong in my videos too. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> I, um, let's, let's talk about wrong. the stats, the specs here on the, so that we can try to compare these these ball heads. Um, all right, with the Colorado tripod aluminum Highline ball head, load capacity is a whopping seventy pounds, thirty one kilograms. <laughs> Plenty of load there for really, really heavy equipment. Um, the weight of the ball head itself is 0.28 pounds or 125 grams. And that's notable. And you'll see why in a moment as we talk about the competition there. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. That the, yeah, that's, that's a really such light. a light ball head. Uh, the diameter is 48 millimeters of the ball. It has a standard Arca Swiss mount, which is really, really important to me. Um, it has a tension knob, which is, you know, normal. That's the, that's the big knob that you, you're going to lose, use to lock down the, the motion of the ball head so that it stops moving and keeps your camera exactly where you want it to be without any drift. And, uh, and then there's a pan knob. So that's a, it's usually a, a much smaller knob that's kind of at the base of the head that you loosen so that you can turn the camera left to right, or it's called the panning direction. And then tighten it back up when you don't want to. But a lot of times, landscape photographers want to take panoramas, and uh, which panorama is kind of the same thing—that panning motion. And you want to be able to, to start off at the left and then slowly move your camera a few degrees and take successive shots and then glue them together and post. Um, this also has a drag knob, I'll call it, where you can kind of set how much drag the head has with your camera and what i've i really like about that and what i miss on the Suray, i said it right the Suray yeah. head that i have it doesn't have that feature 
it makes it so that you can set the the default tension or a little bit of drag in the ball head so that your ball is not flopping around when you loosen it. Um, with the the Suray, since that's not there, when I loosen the knob, the tension knob, it just like if you're not holding your camera, it's just going to flop forward, and and you could potentially dislodge it from the tripod or have a problem there. Where the tripod might move, it might even fall over. Uh, you got to be super careful, and I've I've learned to be very careful, making sure I have a hold of that camera if uh, if I loosen the knob with a drag knob. You can kind of set it so that even if you loosen it so that you can move it around, it's not flopping around. And that can also help for even just making minor adjustments. It's a little easier exactly, to, yeah. uh, to move it when there's just a little bit of drag there so that you it kind of takes the weight of the camera away from you so you don't have to, to deal with that with your hands. Uh, yep. So I, I think it's an important feature on ball heads that is worth paying for to get that drag knob. And uh, it, it, it's something we'll talk about more with the, the other two that we go through. Um, it's got also an interesting feature that nothing else has. And it's patent pending for Colorado Tripod. They make kind of a big deal of that on their website. It has something they call a drop window. And uh, what this is, it, it, it's kind of hard to describe. You're going to want to go to the website link so you can see a picture of it or or go to a YouTube video where I'll, I, I'm going to demonstrate it. But most ball heads have um it, they they move very well in 360 degrees kind of horizontally but vertically they don't usually move all that for the whole the everywhere the ball head is because there's supports there next to the ball head to, to lock it down except for one location you have a small area where you can actually move your camera enough, like drop it down on vertically so that you can even get your camera to be in kind of a portrait orientation as you're shooting as, as opposed to like the landscape orientation. At least that's without an L bracket on your camera. And so, you know, some photographers may have, they, they may not have an L bracket. You've got a, uh, an Arca Swiss release plate mounted to the bottom of your camera. You put that on, it's in landscape mode and you can move it um, you know, horizontally wherever you want, no problem there. It's very smooth with the ball head. But then, if you as long if you position it just right for this one little slot on the ball head, you can drop the camera so that it will uh, it will go to the the left or the right. Uh, I guess that's not really a good direction. But anyway, you, you drop the camera so it can go to portrait <laughs> orientation. It's hard to describe that in audio. You, it's really easy to yeah, see it. It's- <laughs> but. Um, what they've done, and usually on, on every other ball head that I've seen, when you do that, you drop it to portrait orientation through this little slot. Um, it only just it drops there, and then yes, you can use panning to move it around a little bit, but that's it. You can't really. There's no more motion. It really restricts the motion that you can use. And what what Colorado Tripod's done is different here. Is they sort of have a little window at the bottom of it um, where you can you get a little bit more motion, a little bit more movement that you can do so you can get your camera just where you want it or potentially do a little bit more with panorama kind of shooting in your camera and portrait orientation. And it's it's an interesting thing. Um, as I was using it, that didn't end up being a big deal to me because I'm, I'm using an L bracket on my camera. So I can switch from from landscape to portrait just by loosening that quick release plate and then positioning my camera right on top of the, the head in portrait orientation if I need it. And I highly recommend an L bracket for anyone who is into uh, landscape photography. It, it makes life way easier and all of your options 
open and available to you like really fast and really well. So uh, yep. it, it's an interesting concept. I like seeing manufacturers think about something different. What did you think about that particular feature there with the, the drop window, Mark? Yeah, the drop window to me is not a much of a thing at all. Um, I, I If you are on their website, you can actually see they, they have it pictured very easily. Visually, it's easy to, to see what it is. You can you get some left to right movement there. Um, I never use that. Um, <laughs> I, I just I just don't. I, I like you. I have an L bracket. So as a general rule, I don't even go down to the portrait, uh, like drop down right. that often. Um, if you really think about it, I guess if you're down really low to the ground and you want to do a portrait orientation, you probably would get a couple of inches lower right. by dropping it down that way. So I could see where there would be some circumstances, but, but like you, I'm not a landscape exclusive guy. I do some now and then, but I'm, I'm wedding portrait and, and performing arts. So, um, that I almost never switch it over. Um, I just take my, my L bracket and just flip the camera. Yep. Um, now if somebody was really interested in that flexibility, I'd probably point them over to the very next item over on that website, which is the Aspen ball head. Um, now if you take a look at the design on that ball head, um, you have complete freedom when you tilt down on that, that vertical axis. There's the ball is basically, um, gripped on the left and the right side by a little pinchy device. Um, and otherwise the ball is completely free to move. Um, and, and that for anybody that's doing a whole bunch of vertical shooting and, and really likes that orientation, I'd say the Aspen would be a kind of the, the place where I would imagine them going. Right. Yeah. It's not near it. It really frees your motion with that Aspen version. Yeah, ball. yeah, that's a that's yeah. kind of a an innovative uh, as far as innovative design and something completely different. That I, I think that one's the kind of the real spark. Right. Okay. And then the cost. And this is the most impressive feature of all. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> $129 is. $129 available Can't right now. If you go to that website, yep. $129 and for this ball head, that is really impressive. It is definitely going to be my go-to recommendation now on for a ball head for hobbyists because you get a seriously good, high-quality ball head for a very, very low cost, uh, che- cheaper than the Suray even. And I didn't include Suray in the comparison here um, because it's there's there's features in the Colorado tripod that are better than the the yep. Suray. So um, so I I'm going to compare it against two others. One that's similar in cost again, and one that is more similar in features, and then um, and and any of the three are going to be really solid choices for for hobbyists. Um, the one thing I want to mention on the ball head, the Colorado that I didn't like, there's no bubble levels anywhere on any of the ball head. So um, on some, it's the quick release plate, and you certainly could use a, a quick release plate like camera attachment that has one and, and solve the problem. But I missed that as I was using it. When I took it out, and I'll explain kind of what I did in, in just a second here with both the legs and the tripod head, uh, and I was setting up to do a panorama, that's something I missed. I needed the ball head. I, I like to level the tripod first and then get use the, the ball head so that you can, tr- you can try to make it as level as you can, the, 
the nodal point is an, uh, an in, uh, really super important thing with, um, with panoramas to make them work well and get the right perspective um, when you glue them all together. And that with no bubble level anywhere, that was it made it harder. So I, I had to just try to visually kind of level out the tripod legs and ball head and then put the camera on. Then I could use the level in the camera from there, but that's not the same as figuring out how to make it so that your panorama motion is going to be good when you get back in post-processing. And I missed the bubble levels. So just one note there. Yeah, I don't use bubble levels on my, <laughs> my tripods at all. I uh, If I was doing a panorama with a panorama head, then um, there, there's actually separate sure. little panorama tools in there. Um, I would say absolutely, but uh, but I, I'm I'm a I use the level inside my camera all the time. Sure. I, yep. I almost never refer over to my tripod bubble level. Probably a flaw in my own technique, but just that's my workflow. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it, it and it just depends on on everyone. There's there's been bubble levels that are completely useless too. So I've I've got one set of legs where when you use it, the lock for the center column covers up the bubble level, so you can't even mm-hmm. see it when you're using it. <laughs> yep. When you lock down the center I've, column, I've, I've seen them under where the ball head actually screws onto the to the tripod, <laughs> so you'd actually have to take the ball head off to to yeah. See it. So it's not very useful when it's there. Not so, at all. <laughs> um, not the case with the next one, though. That's So the, the one we're going to compare this to, and it's going to feel like a similar theme with the legs, which is kind of on purpose because these are the three companies or the three options that are most compelling in this price range uh, as the FLM CB48 ball head. So let's, let's go through the specs there. Um, load capacity is a whopping 99 pounds, 45 <laughs> kilograms. Uh, so it dwarfs the uh, capacity from the Colorado tripod by... You know, more than 20 pounds, almost 30 pounds, um, which is incredible. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of uh, one photographer as I was kind of looking into what other photographers thought about the FLM CB48. One of them mentioned that uh, just to try it out, he he kind of mounted a piece of wood on top of it and then stood <laughs> on top of the <laughs> ball head to see if he could make it move. And, and he couldn't. It was still rock solid. So that's kind of interesting. I- um, the I think weight I would the, the, exceed the 99 pounds by quite a bit. Yes, yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, then the weight of the, the ball head itself is uh, 1.1 pounds, 523 kilograms, or grams, not kilograms, 523 grams, which is way heavier too. This is, and it's it's a very, it's a difference you can really feel as you compare oh, yeah, the two man, it's hand in hand. <laughs> the, the FLM is way heavier than the Colorado I think tripod. one of the biggest differences in the weight is, I, I, and I could, I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I know that the Colorado, the ball itself is hollow. Right. So um, they've removed all the weight of that glob of aluminum. And I, I would venture to guess that the FLM is solid, um, which is, would also make sense as to why the load capacity can be a bit higher sure. uh, because you can clamp down with more pressure because it's not hollowed out. Right. Um, but I mean, they both have an incredible amount of locking capability. Um, again, I, I for years have shot the FLM CB48. That's that's been my main ball head for years. Um, and one of the things I love about it is how aggressively it clamps down uh, your camera. It, I mean, it just doesn't drift or move at all. And uh, right. that's that's what it's supposed to do. 
Okay, the ball diameter on the FM FLM CB48. It's aptly named why it's part of the name, 48 millimeters. So that's exactly the same. That's why we picked that ball head in particular because they are the same ball diameter. Uh, and then the FLM has a, a interesting feature set as far as the knobs go. So pan locks normal. That's there. Same same little knob to prevent it from panning uh, or allow it to pan when you want it to. Has a tension knob with a friction memory ring. And this is a feature I saw as I was kind of looking around at what other photographers had, had tested with this so that I knew what I wanted to test these ball heads with. Um, it, it seemed to me like a lot of the photographers didn't understand how this works. <laughs> and it's because yeah, it's a little gotta... different with the way yep. the, the friction memory ring works. One of the complaints with the FLM ball head is how many rotations of the tension knob it takes to truly lock down the head. It, it, it can rotate around like 10 full revolutions to, to get it until it stops. Now, the, the ball head actually locks well before you do 10 revolutions, but that's compared with like maybe two or three revolutions on most of the other ball heads to before the, the tension knob stops moving. And so there were a lot of drivers like, man, it just feels like you're turning this, this knob forever before you can lock it, before you have it locked in place. Well, that's true if you don't use the friction memory ring. But if you use the memory ring, you can set it so that it's only a, a two, three revolution thing before it's complete. it stops. And it also sets kind of that drag that I talked about with the Colorado tripod ball head. That uh, so that your your camera isn't just flopping around when you loosen it, and uh, so when you when you use the friction memory ring correctly, and it's not totally obvious what it is when you just take a look at it. I had to go kind of look in the user's manual for the the ball head and see kind of how to do it. Um, then it, it totally works, and it's it's yeah. not a downside at all. And I kind of demonstrate this in my YouTube video. If, if you're having a hard time imagining what that is, because in audio it's hard. Then go check that out. You can kind of see what the difference is and, and how that works. Um, and it's it's definitely different than anything else I've seen on any other ball head. Um, One of the things, um, and and a lot of, yeah, I when I first started talking with FLM way, way back, one of the things that, um, that Ari cautioned me about is that in their engineering, in their design, their knobs aren't intended to reach a point where you hit a wall and the knob stops turning. And so, and a lot of other brands do that. So a lot of people get the FLM and they start just twisting, feeling like they should get to the point where you've reached the end of where the knob will twist. Right. Um, and there's like a definitive little clunk where you've hit the, the max distance that it'll turn. And inside their knobs, the, the way that the mechanisms are put together, they're actually not designed to, to have an end point like that. So once you've twisted it enough to lock down your ball head, you're supposed to stop twisting. Uh -huh. um, and what happens is some people just keep twisting and twisting and twisting. And there's actually like an O-ring in there that will break if you twist it so far that if you keep seeking, trying to get to the end, um, that little O-ring is get, basically getting tighter and tighter and tighter and eventually will break in there. Um, so he cautioned me. He's like, don't you know, just twist it a couple of times. Your camera will not move. You're good. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, and I think they have some videos on their, on their website and, um, and just in talking with him, he's done a really good job of pointing that out to me. That's something that anybody that's going to shoot their equipment probably should really, uh, pay attention to and know. Right. Then they have a feature that is 
to my knowledge, completely unique again to FLM. And that's something that they're calling tilt lock. And the idea here would be when you tighten down the tilt lock, it the camera um, moves up and down, but not left to right as much. Now, it's it's not going to prevent you completely from moving left to right, but it, it is definitely, uh, it becomes far easier to move it up and down versus left to right when that tilt lock is on. And, uh, and so it's, it's an interesting concept. I'm not sure it really makes it would make a difference to me, but I'm not a big time landscape photographer. So uh, listeners, if that's something that would seem really interesting to you, let me know. Um, you can comment on Facebook group or, or the comments for the, on the show notes and let me know if that's like something that re- seems really appealing to you and would solve some sort of problem that you've got. Uh, if you're a, a really big landscape photographer, I'm just not sure it's it's a feature that is you know a differentiator for me personally. But again, I love that they're thinking about other things to do with ball heads to uh, to try to you know make more features available to us and and improve the options as we use them. Was tilt lock a big deal to you, Mark? And not really. It's I've used it a handful of times for the sake of using it while yeah, I was testing right. it, and whatnot. Um, and it's if anybody that does a lot of vertical panoramas, I think would be uh, that that would be the the person that's aimed at. Um, I don't do very many vertical panoramas at all. I uh, anytime I'm doing panoramas, that tends to be horizontal. Yep. Yeah, me too. So I, that is probably the use case. You're right. That's probably the one that that they're aiming for. Um, and so anyway, it'll be interesting to see if if people think that's a big deal or not. It is an Arca Swiss quick release plate uh, that you can have on there, but it's it, it's the a downside is it's like an extra attachment, an extra piece you have to buy, and so it's extra cost, and uh, and that's where again this is a, another uh, thing that that's not quite as strong with the FLM. It's a uh, three hundred eighty five dollars with the quick release plate that you have to pay extra for compared to that one twenty nine. So you're you're double up on the cost and and then some on the FLM option, still a super high quality ball head. And yeah. of course, m- a lot less expensive than some of the really, really expensive brands out there. So you get really, really high quality, some, some kind of advanced features with the way that the, the different knobs work. Um, and it's, it's at three eighty five. it's still a very good price. It's just now that we have um, the Colorado tripod at 129, uh, that is a more compelling price point um, and price to performance than the FLM is for for a hobbyist for what I will recommend. Yeah. And I think one of the other things I'll just kind of toss in, uh, I, I agree with you 100% on in terms of the price. And if I'm, I'm a hobbyist photographer looking to get a ball head, I'm, I'm spending 129 instead right. of 385 right. any day of the week. Um, one of the things with the um, FLM is coming from a more modular um perspective and most i mean hobbyists and and most photographers are very very used to having an arca swiss release plate as kind of like the thing that they are going to use on that ball head right and i think basically where flm it's a, a german company and they're german engineering and i think their thought is um, not everybody's going to want a a, a a quick release plate they might want this device or that device and there's lots of different options there 
Um, I do agree with you, though. It's it's kind of nice to have that. The most common popular use case is an Arca Swiss plate on there. Um, it would kind of be nice if that just came on there right. at like one base price. Yep. It is nice. The, the, the attached thing, like I just talked about, it has bubble levels in multiple places. So yeah, <laughs> which is nice. It, it, the FLM legs had a bubble level, the FLM ball head with the quick release plate has a couple more. And so they were very visible as, as I was testing them out. They were helpful, really, really helpful, which is why it was a point I needed to make on the Colorado tripods with them not being there because I did miss it. And and they were very prevalent with the FLM stuff. So uh, if you are a landscape focused, even enthusiast or hobbyist, but you really only do landscapes, it might really be worth it to you to pay the extra money to get the FLM stuff. Because uh, it there, there are differences that make it worth buying it if that's your focus and emphasis. But, um, you know, for a hobbyist that's trying stuff out with landscape and then trying stuff out with portrait and trying stuff out with sports and like me, that's just trying to shoot everything because you just like doing it all, then the Colorado options are, are really solid. All right, let's go through the third uh, ball head that we wanted to compare. And this was an attempt to get something close in price. And that's going to be from Benro again. So the Benro B2 ball head is kind of similar in features um, and similar in price. So the load capacity drops significantly. They're only 35 pounds. That's still plenty for most cameras, even heavy kit, heavy lenses. That's still plenty to hold my stuff in place and lock it down. But it is like half the Colorado and, and a third of the FLM stuff. So it's uh, it's a much lower load capacity there. It is also quite. It's heavier than the Colorado. Again, that Colorado, the weight is is incredible. That's I think that was a major emphasis that the Colorado tripod company put into this was they wanted a a really light but still very solid ball head, and uh, they've they've really accomplished that. The weight of the Benro B two is 0.9 pounds. Um, it has a pan lock and a drag knob and a tension knob. So again, you kind of can set the the drag on that ball head so that your your camera isn't flopping around when you loosen up the tension knob, uh, which is nice. Then it it's also Arca Swiss mount, and it, the cost is one thirty five. So you're about five bucks more than the Colorado tripod, which I was for sure I would choose the Colorado tripod ball head over the Benro B two uh, with without any question. That's not even a thought. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the Benro B two like I like kind of hearkening back to this discussion with the legs, same, same sort of deal. Um, when I did my tripod roadshow sold a ton of these, um, because it was basically a phenomenal value for the dollar at that time. And somebody has just surpassed them. So, right. Yeah. yeah you know, new competitive marketplace, Colorado tripod yep. saw a need and, and a chance to get in there and, and create something that has even more value for slightly less than the B B two, and uh, and they've done it. So, uh, really, really good. Okay, I wanted to briefly talk about kind of how I went through testing this, um, and and point out one of the disadvantages with the Colorado stuff that um, that I noticed due to my testing and, and how I did this. So, um, I wish I could have taken the FLM legs out a little bit longer. I, I had it for a pretty short period of time. So I was able to do some a lot of good testing with it in my house here. That's not the same as actually taking it out 
on a hike and and trying it out while it's while you're doing it. It's not the same as, you know, carrying a load for for several hours on your back while you're hiking through the mountains in here in Utah, which is what I got to do with the Colorado tripod legs. So, um, so I, I don't have head to head comparison of the FLM legs and ball head like I do this. I, I will be testing the the FLM ball head uh, more real world soon because um, I, I have a copy of that that FLM has sent me for review. But um, the the FLM legs, uh, it was just a really short time. The, their prototype version of it, and and I, I didn't take them out. So here's what I did with the Colorado Centennial tripod, two legs, and Highline ball head. Um, I went on a, a seven mile hike through the Albion Basin here in the Rocky Mountains, and that's uh, it's kind of a, a a ski resort area. So you're up really high in the mountains. You drive up to a point that's pretty high in the mountains, and then you hike even higher, and uh, and go. <laughs> there's a, a lake called Secret Lake, it's spelled with a C, like C E R C R E T. I don't know why. It made me wonder, want to figure out why it's called Secret Lake with a C um, in <laughs> here, but. But I, I so hiked up there. So people can't find it on the map. What's that? So people can't find it on the map. I guess. <laughs> and that way it stays a secret. I guess so. And and so <laughs> I, so we we did this hike and and I, I attached the tripod there to my my back my hiking backpack with my camera gear, and uh, and we went up and, and did this hike, and uh, you know any place that was interesting where there was a nice perspective a good good view of of something fun to take a picture of we'd stop and I I put the tripod down and, and mount it up and everything. And I just wanted to get that experience of what's it like to, to set it up multiple times? How quickly does it work? How well does the ball head support things? How well can, did it support me taking panoramas? And, um, and it was, it's great. It, it, it was really, really nice. It works super, super well. I definitely noticed the weight difference with the ball head. I know it doesn't seem like that would be that big of a deal, but I did. I noticed the the difference with the ball head compared to the Suray, which I'd left at home on this trip. I didn't want to bring two tripods with me. That would be crazy. So um so I went with just the one and I, I definitely noticed that it, it didn't didn't weigh quite as much. And then but the <laughs> the one thing that was an issue for me, um, and we're we're trying to reach out to to tripod or uh, to Colorado tripod to see um what if maybe we're doing something wrong. <laughs> but um there, there's this collar that is just below the uh, the ball head on the so it's part of the legs, and it's this this collar that you use. The idea that they had with it, or what it's designed to do, it looks like is that's how you lock in your center column. And I didn't use the center column at all as I was as I was out with the the tripod legs. I left the center column at home. Even I didn't I didn't care about that. But um, so I I didn't. I didn't need to use the tripod that this particular collar that's there, but the the design for it is you can drop in the center column, which is also carbon fiber, and then you with it's toolless. You don't need a tool to be able to lock in or remove that center column, which was is a really nice feature. That that that's not how all of them work. If they are removable with center columns, you usually need a tool to be able to loosen it and get it out. So it's kind of a thing that you you do once and you you either decide you're going to use a center column or you're not and you're not switching it in between whereas with the Colorado tripod with these legs and and the ball head combination that's a very doable thing you can decide per shot am I going to use the center column or not and it's it's really not that hard to be able to switch between the two and so it's toolless the problem I had then was this collar 
you have to have it really tightened in order to make it so that there's no play in the ball head in kind of the panning motion. If it's not fully tightened, then there's this little bit of give. It's not a lot, but it's a little it's a couple of millimeters back and forth. But that's enough to really affect your shot and and have things be shaky. And at first I didn't I couldn't figure out what what I was doing wrong with the ball head. I thought the ball head had some give. I was like, wow, I, I can't seem to really lock this down. And since it was in the panning motion direction, I thought it was the panning lock. Like, do I not have that locked down? And I kept looking and like, no, it's it's even all the way there. And um, and then I realized it's this tripod or the the center column collar lock that was there. And every time I hiked and then got to a spot where I wanted to take another shot and I put down the tripod, that collar had managed to work itself loose just a little bit, not a ton, but just a little bit. It managed to work itself loose. And so uh, every time I got, I went to set up again, I realized I had to, you know, take a half a second and twist that collar back to a locked position so that there was no play in the panning direction of the head. And, uh, and that's something that probably wouldn't be apparent unless you went on a seven mile hike <laughs> with the, yeah, the tripod I, attached I mean, to your backpack to see that that was happening and have it be a problem. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't I've, notice I've used that, it a right? bunch and no, I, yeah, I, we, we chatted uh, last night about it and, and I actually hadn't even noticed mine loosening up, but I also don't know that I've, ever hiked seven miles <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like the half mile or one mile hikes but uh but yeah i don't tend to go on really really long hikes yeah so you know not a huge deal i still it will not deter me at all from recommending these these legs and ball head they're fabulous really really good product here uh, it's just something to note that there's there's a little bit of a design thing there i i hopefully we'll be able to get some feedback back to uh, colorado tripod and and uh, maybe they can consider uh, something to to do there at a at a gasket of some kind. I don't know what, but because I'm I'm not an engineer to be able to figure that out. But <laughs> but it, it was something. It was a thing yeah. that I had to be aware of. Once I figured it out, it was no big deal. Just turn and twist that as I'm setting up, and we're good. No no problem. And it's probably a a sacrifice or a, something I'm willing to have be a, a slight design issue in favor of being able to have a toolless center column exchange in and out that's a really cool feature and uh, and something that that i probably would choose if if i had to make the choice between that i would definitely say yeah let's make the center center column something you can put in and out without a tool and it's not a big deal just to kind of ratchet that collar shut every time you, you go and use it and you only have to do it like at the beginning it's not working itself loose as i'm using it it was as i was hiking around and it's banging around in my backpack it would just work itself a slight bit open and uh, and then had a little play in the head when you in the panning direction. All right, well I think we covered that pretty well. It's That's a hour, lot of tripod stuff. Hour and a half of tripod <laughs> talk, and uh, I think maybe I'll just put it out as a single episode. We'll we'll see what listeners think. And it's a long one, but uh, we we got into some details, like real world stuff, and I, I like that instead of just the the normal kind of spec rundown and saying yeah and i liked it <laughs> there's yep we went into some detail there so it's, I hope people it's like good it. i i think it's good <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see what the listeners say i'm, I'm interested to hear what the feedback is uh, on this episode so if you have some feedback let us know 
Um, all right, well, let's go to doodads of the week. Marco, it looks like you have a couple of them you want to you want to. Yeah, recommend. while while you were talking, I added a, another one into the uh, show notes. Um, there is a little doodad by uh, Three Legged Thing, which is another tripod company, uh, just called the Three Legged Thing Multi Tool, and it's eight bucks. I think seven ninety nine, and it's a little carabiner. It fits right on your keychain, but it has the uh, the little Allen wrench hex tool on one side. And then it has a little tiny flat screwdriver attachment to it on the other side. And it's really handy for basically just tightening down Arca plates and tripod legs and whatnot while you're out in the field. Um, and I threw one on my keychain quite a while ago and it's just really surprising how often you, you return to using it once you have it on, on your keychain. Uh, I gave it to a photographer a couple months ago because they were having a problem and they're like, oh, that's amazing. So I just took it off my keychain and handed it to them. And so as soon as we're done talking about it, I'm going to have to order my replacement. <laughs> that was very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's literally eight bucks. Um, and then actually the one that I had intended to share um, before you were talking about being out in a hike without a, a tool to tighten your tripod um, is actually totally unrelated to tripods. And that is, there's a new Godox controller. It's called the X2T. And it looks like, for anybody that is into the Godox lighting system, it looks like their old original kind of flat controller. Um, but they added a hot shoe back in on top. And the the big drag about that original controller was that you couldn't do a one button instant access into your different groups for your lighting to change them. And they put those instant uh, access buttons on down the top uh, left side, but you have the hot shoe there too. So you can actually toggle back and forth instantly between an on-camera flash and um, and your off-camera flash if you're shooting a wedding reception or an event. Um, and that is a really handy little little gizmo, and it's fifty nine bucks. So all right, not too not too much money. Very nice. Um, okay, so mine is going to be a repeat. I like doing repeats. Um, there's a lot of doodads people can recommend where they may have had it just at the beginning of using whatever it is and liked it and say, oh, yeah, I can totally recommend this. And then maybe it breaks or it fails some fashion a little later. And, and that usually doesn't ever get reported. Or if something is very durable and works and lasts for a long time. I like to repeat them because of that, because I've had, I get more time with these things and um, it justifies the expense even more to me when, when you can do that. So my recommendation is the Black Rapid RS Sport Strap and it's currently unavailable on Amazon. They, they're sold out on Amazon. They're, they're, pretty, uh, they're pretty valuable kinds of things, I guess, and, and are kind of sold out currently. But I love this strap for, especially as I'm shooting portraits, I love being able to, um, to use it as a way to like take the weight of the camera off of my shoulders, off of my back. So I'm not holding it and, and having to, to lift it all the time, especially if you are using one of those 70 to 200 lenses that are just so heavy. This is a really, really nice way to be able to have that. And, uh, and it's got kind of a unique support system over one of your shoulders with some underarm support. Anyway, it's, it's really nice. I love the way that it feels the smooth way that you can like have it hang to your side and out of the way, even walking around as you're taking portraits with people. And then when you need it, you just lift it up. It's like a, 
almost like a gunslinger <laughs> motion to be able to <laughs> lift up your camera and it's totally uh you know solid hold of of the device and uh it's great i really love it it's about 90 bucks per strap and my i had to get one for me and my wife after i got it the wife said i need one of those too so uh because she she does portraits with me a lot so we we have the black rapid rs sport strap and uh i love it i'm actually looking on the uh on b and h they have them in stock and uh 73.90 all right a little cheaper over at b and h right now so that's great yeah so if you want it it's in stock over at b and h um, all right. So that's that's the show. Uh, I'm going to remind you, masterphotographypodcast.com is the place where you'll find all the show notes. You'll have all the details that we went through in this episode, all the part names that I know you can't remember. And that's just fine. I can't either without the show notes. You can join our Facebook group, Master Photography Podcast. Just search for that. Or there's a link in the show notes to it as well. You do have to answer a question of a host on the show. We want listeners only. We don't want spammers. We don't want uh, bots in there. So you, you do have to answer that question. We're not going to let you in the group without it. So from this episode, Jeff or Mark will work. We'll know that you listened to the show and we'll let you in. If you don't answer that question, you're not getting in. Then uh, you can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com or my other podcast is phototacopodcast.com. I still am working on my Lightroom testing to uh, that I'm going to be sharing very shortly on the Photo Taco podcast. You're going to want to be subscribed to that episode if you're interested in like how Lightroom Classic, the hardware usage of Lightroom Classic, what all the sliders do, um, you know, for CPU memory, uh, how you can kind of use do your workflow around how Lightroom works. I've I found one slider that seems to be a lot heavier than others that you want to leave to the end. And um, I, I'm not through testing to be able to share much more than that yet, but I will be soon on the Photo Taco podcast. Then uh, links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram will also be in the show notes. Mark, where can people find you? I'll give you everything to put in the show notes, but it's basically Mark C. Morris Photography everywhere. So my my website is markcmorris.com or .net. Um, and then Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube are all Mark C. Morris Photography. And then Photographers Cooperative is my photography nerd group. And we have a website as well as a Facebook group. Um, and there's a couple of questions in our Facebook group uh, entry, just exactly the same reason as yours. We don't want any uh, any bots or spammers in there. Um, but basically, it just you know, prove that you're a photographer. What model camera do you shoot? Where do you share your photos? Uh, you don't need a, a professional portfolio or anything. You can just drop in your Instagram or what, whatever you do, uh, Flickr, whatever. And then uh, as, as soon as we can confirm that you're a photographer, you're in. Excellent. Yep. You should go check out Photographers Cooperative. It's fun. I go in there occasionally. I, I spend most of my time in, in our group, but I do see stuff over there occasionally when, when there's cro- there's a lot of crossover people be, that are both in the master Tons, photography yeah. group and in Photographers Cooperative. So when I see comments from some a lot of those crossover people, I I sometimes get in there and, and uh, comment and stuff. So fun group to be in. Hey, before we go yeah. re- real quick, I, um, I just shared something over there yesterday. My brother is an IT guy and it was talking about a bunch of new vulnerabilities that were, uh, uh, were announced in Photoshop and Lightroom. Um, and that the latest patches actually had a bunch of very significant security patches, uh, 
I think related to a lot of the same vulner- vulnerabilities that were going on with Windows. Have, are you uh, familiar with any of that? I had not seen any of that news just yet. No. Yeah, I, I, if you want to check over on, the, I dropped the link. It's probably my most recent thing over on the, on there. On Photographer's but, uh, Cooperative. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go check it out and, and jump in. That that's like the per- perfect crossover between my day job and the, the photo world since I'm a uh, information security professional in my day job. So I'll go check yep. that out and see. Yep, he shared a shared a bunch of stuff on that. So. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for the show. It went long. We'll see what, what people think about <laughs> it, if, uh, if they liked it being long. And uh, and we're, we're so grateful for all of you wonderful listeners that make the show possible. Uh, we'd love to have you subscribe. To, so make sure you get every episode. And, uh, and we'll see you all again in another seven days. 